When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro. Glad you're joining me today. And today I'm running solo. No guests. Rachel isn't joining me today. I just squeezed one in here all by myself and, and uh, just wanted to bring one to you that I think will be helpful for, for a lot of people. Today I want to talk about 12 books for homesteaders that are not about homesteading. And uh, that is... Uh, might sound a little strange to some folks, but I believe that homesteading is a, is a lifestyle, not just a thing we do. It's not just about growing food. And uh, I think in life, you know, there are some books out there that can just help us uh, in life in general. Um, and these ones, I mean, they definitely have, they're definitely tools that can be used on your homestead. Uh, they're, they're uh, uh, well, some of the things I want to talk about today, is there's books in productivity, money management, life skills, habit changing, marketing, and family. And uh, I think that these books are some of my favorite books on these topics. Now, there's more books. I'm, I'm a pretty avid reader, so there's a lot of books I go through. But these are ones that, as I think back over the years, uh, and even recently on a couple of them that I've read, that made an impact in my life, that really helped me to change a few things about the way I did things. And I just thought I would share those with you today. Before we jump into that, though, I thought I'd give you some homestead updates. So what have I been doing on my homestead? Well, some deep cleaning of the rabbitry and quail aviary. I did that today, actually. Wow. It's amazing how messy things can get. And the cobwebs start accumulating and the dust and the dirt and the grime. And it's just kind of amazing. You know, we catch all the, the droppings underneath and totes and stuff. But, boy, it's just amazing how much stuff ends up on the walls and on the cage wires and on everything. So I thought I'd just do a deep clean on all that stuff. And Got that all set up and done. Got some animals happy, <laughs> happier, living in some cleaner conditions. Uh, it's important, and uh, I probably need to do that a little more often than what I do on the deep cleaning. I'm also trying to just get some weeds under control. For the last couple weeks, it's just been, the weeds this year have been excessive. In the garden, in the walkways, pathways, um, just everywhere, even in the gills. Um, I've noticed just a lot of weeds, and it's just, I don't know, just the temperatures and the rainfall and just everything's kind of been working together to to make this happen like i've never seen it happen before or maybe last year i just let things get carried away and a lot of things went to seed and spread abundantly all over the property but yeah it's been probably one of the most trying uh, years i've ever had for weeds for weed control and uh, i just been filling up wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow uh running around here and just filling it up dumping it filling it up dumping it it's making for some interesting compost i mean i'm getting a lot of compost material uh, a lot of biomass um but uh yeah i mean weeds are great for that um but uh, yeah lots of weeds uh, of course i'm still canning dehydrating freezing we're still getting lots of stuff from the garden even though i i did do away with a few beds i've already put a few beds to bed this year so uh, but still yeah putting away quite a bit and tomorrow i'm planning on taking some time getting in the woods 
and doing a little squirrel hunting. The temperatures are finally starting to cool down a little bit here. Um, early mornings have been really cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there and bringing home a, you know, a, a few squirrel and uh, getting them uh, cleaned up, put in the, uh, the freezer and uh, probably try to do that at least, you know, a dozen times to squirrel season and, you know, put, put away quite a few, several pounds of meat doing that. And then uh, when deer season starts, of course, we'll focus on deer. But, um, yeah, I really enjoy the squirrel hunting. And, and I think a lot of folks really overlook squirrel hunting. There, I actually did a whole podcast on it years ago. Um, I will drop a link in the show notes to that podcast. If anybody's interested in it, maybe you're new to squirrel hunting. You don't know much about it. You're wanting to get started. I have a lot of tips in there for just getting started squirrel hunting and what you need and what it's like and, you know, just squirrel hunting in general, uh, what I think about it. And it's one of the funnest hunting experiences I partake in. I mean, I love deer hunting, but squirrel hunting is a lot more action and just a lot more, um, opportunities for success. I mean, it's very rare that you don't go out and get a couple, two or three, at least squirrel to bring home, you know, and usually it's, you hit your limit on a lot of days real easily. Um, so it's just a lot more action. You get to move around. It's not like when you're deer hunting, you're just sitting in a stand or in a blind or whatever. Um, it's I enjoy squirrel hunting. It's probably my favorite uh, type of hunting that I do. So anyway, well, I look forward to getting in the woods. I, it's been um, the season's been here for a few days, but it's just been so hot that I haven't wanted to get into the woods and do it for day probably near spoiled before I got out of the woods as hot as it's been. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the, the cool down and getting in the woods um well with that let's just jump right in to the 12 books for homesteaders not about homesteading so first i want to talk about productivity productivity is important for homesteaders you know the number 168 that's a number we all ought to know there's 168 hours in a week and what's funny about that is we talk about people saying i don't have the time or you have more time than i have but the funny thing is we all have exactly the same amount of time. So how do some people accomplish so much more in that time than others? Well, they do it with systems of productivity. Now, maybe they, now you say, well, they just don't have as much on their plate. Well, that's true because they have systems or maybe they don't have children or maybe, they, you know, maybe you're working two jobs. I don't know. There are reasons, of course, we, we fill that 168 hours up with, with priorities, but sometimes we fill it up with things that aren't priorities. And because we just want to veg out in front of a TV or we want to just relax or we want to do some things. And that's all good. I'm not even on a knock any of that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take some time and rest and, 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 you know, just give to ourselves and kind of focus on that zone zero that, you know, that self, you know, sometimes and just relax. But, um, also there are things to do. And as a homesteader, as homesteaders, we know that there's lots to do all the time. There's just, there's plenty to do. And sometimes it's hard to get it all done. So I wanted to throw a couple books in here that I like about productivity. And one is uh, called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And that book is by David Allen. Um, I read this book several years ago. It came out in 2015. Um, it's about 352 pages. And basically he just lays out a, a, a five-step system uh, of productivity, uh, capture, clarify, organize, reflect on and engage. And, you know, I won't get into what all that means or how he lays all that out, but this book is one that will help you organize your life and get things done. Um, I think I read it four or five years ago and, and, 
yeah, I think it's a great book. I think it helped form some things in my life, some way I, the way I think about getting a few things done. And uh, also, I just think it was a good read. You know, there's lots of examples in there. There's, it's just a good, it's a good, even for a large book, 352 pages. I mean, it's not a light read, but um, I think there's some good stuff in there, especially if you're focused on getting more productive in your life and it's something you're really interested in. This is a book that has a lot to offer. In, in kind of the same vein, though, there's one that's a little shorter, a little quicker, uh, probably even a little bit more fun of a read. But I also think it's a great one, and it's called Eat That Frog. Yeah, even the title's fun. Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastination and Get More Done in Less Time. This book is by Brian Tracy. It was put out in 2017. I think I read it. I think I got this book right after it came out. I heard it on a podcast I was listening to. Maybe I even heard him talking about it or somebody else talking about it. But uh, it's, it, it struck me as something I, uh, interesting. And I picked it up and it's only 144 pages. So it's a quick read. And it basically shows you how to take like three essentials of successful time management, which is decision, discipline, and determination. And he applies 21 principles and techniques to accomplish your tasks and get things done. And, you know, eat that frog is kind of like, it's kind of a, a, a saying about just doing the hard things first, right? You just eat that frog. You get up in the morning, you eat that frog. You do the thing that's hard. You get that out of the way. And then everything's kind of downhill from there. Now, that's an oversimplification of this book, um, but that's kind of where where that phrase comes from. And so you can kind of get an idea of where he's going with that and, and doing that hard thing first. The funny thing is that not everybody's like that. Um, not everybody has to jump up and do that hard thing first. I actually, it's kind of funny because I do enjoy this book and I did get some value from it, but at the same time, Sometimes when I'm kind of in a procrastinating mood, eating that frog and doing that hard thing first is not the thing I do. I actually sometimes will start off with something really easy, but something that'll get me moving, something that I want to do or something that I just, you know, I feel like is quick, is a quick win um, because that momentum will get me going. Um, and get me moving. And I'm kind of like a rolling stone. You know, once I get rolling, I can stay rolling. But if you stop, if I stop, it's kind of hard. You know, I have to kind of trick myself into getting moving again. So I actually, in some ways, am the opposite of what this book teaches in that area. Now, there's a lot of other value in this book. So I don't want you laying it all on that. I still think it's one worth having on your shelf, especially if you struggle with procrastination and, and getting things done. Um, but uh, I think it is a good one for prioritizing your tasks, too, because a lot of times that hard thing is the thing we have to do. And, and we, might, we need to lay uh, a higher priority on that. Again, the subtitles get more done in less time. You know, so, again, you're accomplishing those hard things and getting them done quick. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a book worth having. I think getting things done, the first book I mentioned, definitely is is deeper and and probably I relate to it a little bit better, but I think eat that frog is also a book that is, like I said, it's a lot lighter of a read. And I think it was, I, I got a lot from it. I think it was a good book for me. I want to talk now about a couple books on money management. Now, maybe not everybody's into money management. Maybe you're young or old and you just don't think it's a big deal. You got what you got. You make do with what you got. Um, but I seem to think that money management is very important. Money management. Well, let me just give you a few stats about the average household 
situations. The average household debt in 2022 is $101,915. That's not counting a house. Okay, that's just the household debt besides the house. $101,915. Average credit card debt in that is $5,733. The average auto loan debt is $22,612. The average mortgage debt in 2022 was $236,443. Now, you might hear some of those numbers, and it may not sound like a lot to you depending on where you're at in the country because... I know in California, like real estate's a lot more expensive, and, you know, things like that. But, you know, this is at national averages. Average personal loan debt, $11,281. And the average household income in the U.S., now this is in most cases, I would say both, you know, two people working in a lot of cases, in most of these cases probably, is only $70,784. Um, well, that's a lot of debt. For that much income on an average so you know and, and debt causes a lot of family struggles a lot of divorces happen because of debt uh, you know a lot of bankruptcies of course happen because people just get overwhelmed with debt and they can't seem to get out from underneath of it um or at least they feel like they can't uh, you know it's just it's it causes a lot of stress and a lot of problems in families so i think money management is important but beyond that I think if you want to have a successful homestead, you want to have a successful life, you want to have a successful business. Maybe a lot of you are, like me are running businesses from our homestead and, you know, having your, your money managed properly is important, especially if you want to have success in those businesses. So I, I want to recommend a couple books. One of them I know you've heard of I'm 99% sure most of you have heard of this. And, but I want to mention a couple books I think are really, really great books for money management. And the first one, like I said, I think most people have heard of is the total money makeover. Now, that's the classic edition. There's some, there's some revisions, I think, and some newer ones. And it's a proven plan for financial fitness by Dave Ramsey. Most of you probably know who Dave Ramsey is. He's got a, a podcast. He's got a radio show. He's got a YouTube channel. that's very popular. He's, he's, you know, he's a really popular guy about when it comes to managing your money and getting out of debt. He's most notably famous for getting out of debt, right? His debt snowball plan and things like that. But this book first came out in 2013. Uh, it's 272 pages. Uh, I do want to say that most of these books, maybe all but one or two of them, you can also get an audio book because I know homesteaders are busy, right? Maybe you don't have time to sit down and read. Um, audio books are great. Um, but, you know, if you want to build a budget and get out of debt and then someday build wealth, even on ordinary income, this is the book for you. No matter how young you are, if you're 18 years old, starting out on, on your own now, or 19 or 20 or in college or just getting out of college or just married or wherever you're at in life, if you've got any kind of debt or you, I wouldn't even say if you have any kind of debt, this can even have transform your thinking about debt, about taking on debt someday, even if you're not in debt right now. Um, this is a good book. This is a good book to have. Now, I do want to say this. Dave Ramsey, I'll, the guy has a heart of gold and he has a passion for seeing people out of the bondage of debt. But he can come off really snarky for some people. And I've ran across a bunch of people who just do not, who just can't stand to listen to Dave Ramsey because he comes off pretty snarky and kind of maybe talks down to you a little bit. That's because 
I mean, it's just his name. It's just the way he is. It's his personality a little bit. But the guy is absolutely uh, has compassion for people in debt. You know, he wants to help you escape that bondage because he himself was in that bondage at one time. He t- he'll tell you the stories about how he was, you know, he was stupid. He'll say that about himself. I, I made stupid decisions and stupid things. And, you know, I got myself in, in a lot of trouble money wise. And, you know, he had to figure out how to get out of that. And he did turn that around and he was convinced that he needed to share that with other people. And he's got a plan. You know, if you follow his plan in, in the total money makeover, you'll get out of debt way quicker than you ever thought you could. And it's pretty amazing, really. It's not easy, but it's fairly simple. I won't say it's easy, though, because he calls on you to do some very hard things. I mean, he'll talk about eating beans and rice and doing without things and living like no one else right now, living really sparingly. So one day you can live like no one else. Basically, you'll be in a position uh, of comfort with wealth one day if you just follow his plan, stick with it and live a little bit uncomfortably early on. So you can get completely out of debt and you know, rid yourself of a lot of stress and a lot of struggles and a lot of the problems that come with debt. And you won't be part of the statistics that I read earlier. So I think it's a great book. I think it's a great beginner book in, in anywhere that you're at. Now, the second one I want to talk about, uh, I just recently read and, you know, in the last few months, and I'm going to tell you, I, it transformed the way I manage the businesses that I run Um, profit first. It's called profit profit first transform your business from a cash eating monster to a money making machine by Mike McCallowicz. Now this book was written in 2017, it's 224 pages. It's a good read. And mostly what you get from this book is about the, the concept of a smaller plate. Uh, When less money is available for you to run your business, you'll actually find ways to get the same or better results with less. And, and by taking your profits first, you'll be forced to think smarter and innovate more. It sounds a little bit strange, but when you follow his system, it works. I was able to cut probably 20% of my unnecessary expenses in my business without phasing my business, which put money in my pocket, right? I mean, just by going through his system and divvying out the money, the way it's dividing the money, rather, the way he calls on you to divide it, get it off the plate, Move it to another plate where you don't see it. And now you're operating on this plate what you've got to operate. And if you can't, you need to make some changes in your business to where you can. And it's just about restructuring the money management in your business. And the system works. And uh, there is a lot of testimonies out there about how well the system works. There's actually a podcast. Uh, he's on it sometimes, but he actually has a, uh, a host um, on it. It's called Profit, Profit First Nation. And... Uh, People come on there and tell their stories a lot of times about how they put the profit first uh, system to work for them and their business. And it basically rescued their business or transformed their business or just, you know, it just made a big difference. So I think that if, especially if you have a business you're running from your homestead, that's a book that you should read and implement profit first. But I've actually implemented a lot of the teachings from profit first into my own household budget. And, and we was actually able to cut some expenses and, again, work from a eat from a smaller plate at, using that system in our, in our just our household budget. So I think it's a great book. Both of those books, I feel like, are important books for money management and getting out of debt and staying out of debt. And, and 
even building wealth. Uh, now, when I say build wealth, I'm not talking about, you know, becoming one of the top 1% or top 10% or anything, but I'm talking about living a com comfortable life, especially in your older years. So uh, both these books can help you get there. So I think money management is a huge, huge deal for homesteaders. And uh, because, you know, we tend to be a more frugal people already, but it's amazing uh, still how books like this can help you restructure some things and even do better at that. So both of them highly recommend both of those books. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to talk next about life skills. Um, I think life skills are important. They don't necessarily uh, relate directly to homesteading, but I think that they can uh, have a, play a big part in homesteading. And I want to talk about a couple of the of life skills uh, here in a couple of these books. The one's called this one book. This first book I'm going to talk about is called The Bartering Mindset. I read this book a few years ago. The Bartering Mindset, a mostly forgotten framework for mastering your Next Negotiation by Brian Gunia, I think is how you pronounce his last name. I'm not real sure. The book was written in 2019. It's 248 pages. And basically, it shows us how to look outside the monetary economy to the bartering economies of the past, where people traded for what they had, traded what they had for what they needed. And it basically demonstrates how to apply this mindset to modern, uh, modern monetary negotiations. Now, you may not think negotiations are important as are an important life skill for homesteading, but I do, because especially when you're talking about even bartering, uh, sales, um, just dealing with people one-on-one -on -one about any kind of a transaction whatsoever, uh, negotiations are important. And, and, you know, I think sometimes when we think about negotiations, we think about, um, we think about winner and loser or how great of a deal I got. But this book really lays out a big, a big part of this is about creating win-win situations, right? That's the bartering mindset, equal value or as, cl as close to equal as you can be. So both people are winning. Um, and, and when you in bringing that mindset into the modern monetary negotiations. So I think it's a great book. It could be great for people who are still in the job market. If you have a job and, you know, it can help you with advancements in your career. It can help you just in a lot of areas of your life. You know, um, I just feel like the bartering mindset is, is a mindset that we should develop. And this is a great book for that. Um, it gets a little bit, I feel like maybe in the weeds sometimes in the book, but I still think it was a good read. And uh, there's lots of good stories in there of situations, uh, bartering situations or how those, that bartering mindset applied to modern day, situations so you get to read those stories and kind of see what i'm talking about when you uh when you read that book it's a it's a good book i think it's one it's an important book to develop that life skill and i do think it's an important life skill the next book i think is even more important and this book is called the effective communication method nine keys to master communication skills the comprehensive training guide to step-by-step Improve Your communi Communication Skills and Build Successful Relationships by Brian Basterfield. Now, 
communication is super important, you know, and I wouldn't even say I'm great at it. It's something that the reason I even picked up this book is because, and this is a book I just picked up, by the way, I've just, just read it. Um, but I feel like I need a lot of help in that, the effective communication method. Um, I'm always trying to be a better communicator because it's something I struggled with. I was a very shy kid, you know, um, growing up, I just, I, my verbal skills were horrible. And I actually, at one point in my life became a, a pastor, you know, and I had to basically get over a lot of that. And I did get over a lot of that. You know, I got better at talking. I got better at communicating. Um, but I still wouldn't say I'm great at it at times. You know, I'm still kind of, I'm an introvert by nature, you know, a little shy in, in crowds, but you know, being able to overcome those things and learn how to communicate successfully is important. This book was written in 2023. It's a brand new book. Um, it's 208 pages. And basically it's how you speak language dynamics and learning how to be an active listener, body language, being compassionate. And it's also got some stuff in there about written communication. All of these things are very useful in life in general, but they can be useful on a homestead too. Um, just dealing with people, you know, you're going to deal with people as a homesteader um, and, and in life, in, in all aspects of life. So I just think uh, as far as life skills go, effective communicating is important. And this is a good book. And I feel like one folks should pick up and read so we can all be better communicators. And um, I think, I mean, you heard me say even it's not just communicating, it's listening. Because listening helps you be a better communicator. When you hear what somebody has to say, you respond appropriately, you know, so um, you know, active listening and your body language says a lot too. a smile, uh, the way you stand, the way you look, look at somebody. These are important parts of, of, um, of communication and can change the way somebody approaches you and, and talks back to you and things. So, I mean, all these things are very useful skills to know. So I just think it's a great book. So one, one again, I recommend, I do want to talk about a couple in habit changing. Now, in a previous episode, I don't remember which one or how far back it was, but it wasn't a few months ago, I believe. I actually mentioned both of these books that I'm going to talk about again today. I'm just going to mention them, and I'm not going to go into detail in them because on that podcast, I think I did go into a little more detail with them. But I, they are the best books I know about habit changing, and who doesn't want to form better habits? We, we want to form good habits. We want to break bad habits, right? Well, this first book I'm talking about, Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones by James Clear is a great book. It covers exactly that. It was written in 2018. It's 320 pages, um, and it's basically practical strategies that will teach you how to form good habits, break the bad ones, and, and also just master those tiny behaviors that lead to results. Um, goals, they're about the results you want to achieve, but systems are about the processes that lead you to those results. And that's what this book is about. It's about setting those goals and then following a system. And it's system, a system of processes that will get you results. And, you know, we all have habits we want to form and habits we want to break. I, I'm working on it constantly um, just to be a better person in general, but to be a better you know, better worker, but you know, a better homesteader to be a better family man. There's just a lot of things we want to form habits in that, or, or even break bad habits in that will just make us be the people we want to be that we're striving to be. And this book is very helpful in that. I think it does have a good plan for that. And I think it's um, something if you read, it can help you 
at the very least, put it on your radar and make you think when you're doing things, it makes you really think uh, about why you're doing it or if it's something you want to keep doing or something you want to change in your life. And again, it, you know, it may lead you to, to follow the processes that, that, that change a few things about yourself that, uh, that you want to change. A second one is a book that's been around for a long time. I read this, I read this book probably three, four times. I don't know. I've read it a few times in my life. Um, it's called the seven habits of highly effective people by, by Stephen R. Covey. And it's been around a while, eight, 1989. It came out first. Now this, I think I got a link in here to a re revised copy. I think it's a 30 year anniversary copy. And so it's got some revision in it. And, uh, 464 pages, not a light read, but a good read. And basically those seven habits are be proactive, begin with the end in mind, put first things first, think win-win, seek first to understand, then be understood, synergize and have a seven sharp, sharpen the saw. I'm not going to get into what all those are. Let your imagination run wild or pick up the book and uh, find out what they are. All of these are with a focus on fairness, integrity, honesty, and human dignity, which is what I love about this book. I mean, it's these habits of these highly effective people. It just, it's really about making you a better person, you know, um, overall and, and focusing on those really important things. And, uh, yeah, it's one that if you've never read it, you should pick it up and read it. Um, it's just a great book. It's, it's a deep read. It's long, um, but it's, it's really good. And uh, I think it's one that can absolutely change your life. It's changed a lot of people's lives. Let's put it that way. This book has been around, and it's, there's a reason it's still a, um, a, a top seller uh, in books because it's so effective in changing people and making you think about things. And... Uh, developing habits, good habits that, uh, that, yeah, I mean, uh, that we all should be striving to accomplish in our life, honestly. Um, now I want to talk about a couple books in marketing. Now you might think, well, I, I don't need a marketing book. I'm not a marketer, but the American, the American marketing association's definition of marketing is marketing. Marketing is the activity set of institutions and processes for creating, communicating, delivering, and exchanging offerings that have value for customers, clients, partners, and society at large. So you can see that really broad definition of America from American Marketing Association about what marketing is, the activity that it is. And I think marketing is important. And I also think I've been traditionally really bad at it. So I've always been striving to be a better marketer and I have read lots of books on marketing and I think I'm way better than I was say 20 years ago. You know, I'm, um, I don't like being a salesman and we'll get into that in a minute, but I do find value in marketing. Um, so this first book I want to mention in marketing and again, marketing is even more important if you're running a homestead business, but I think even if you're not running a business, it has application in your life. Okay. Um, if nothing else, just to recognize marketing and understand how it plays out and bad marketing versus good marketing and, and things like that. So I think marketing is an important subject to study for anybody, but I think it has real application for the homesteader. Uh, this first book is called This is Marketing. Uh, you Can't Be Unseen Until You Learn to See by Seth Godin. I love Seth Godin. He's a great writer. Uh, and for the longest time, when you just type Seth in on a like a search bar on the Internet, 
just Seth. The word Seth, it would just take you to Seth Godin's blog. I think that's since changed, but that's how popular his blog was at one point. And he blogs, he writes a very small, quick, you know, just maybe a couple hundred word blog post every single day. And he has for years. And um, it's just, a, he's just got lots of value in there. It's a great, he's a great writer. Uh, and he, I think he's a great person, to be honest with you, reading his books. I've read a couple of his books, but this one came out in 2018. I don't know when I read it. It's been three or four years ago. I think I read it um, 288 pages. And basically his concept is marketing is, is driven by better service, better community and better outcomes. I like his honest approach to marketing because it's a service. Um, this book for me takes the sleaziness out of marketing because there's a lot of sleazy marketing out there, right? And I've always, in a lot of my life, I've looked at marketing as just pretty sleazy. And I still see a lot of sleazy marketing out there. But when you read this book, it tells you how to not be a sleazy marketer, right? Or even how to recognize sleazy marketing and avoid it. I think it even has value in that. I, even though that ain't really, I don't think the purpose of the book, I think it will help you recognize it and avoid it. Um, and it just talks about doing better. You know, if you're going to market something, make sure it's a, a better service, you know, and do a better job of building community around that in that market and, and having better outcomes. Really market something that helps people, you know, and that you believe in that that is has value to people and will help them. And I just think it's a great book. And I think it's a simple book, but I think it's an important book in that way because you just, I mean, marketing is everywhere. We are being marketed to constantly on social media, all over the internet, uh, radio, TV, podcast. You're, you've heard commercials in this podcast listening. It's marketing, you know. Um, I don't even know what commercials play. It just goes through Spotify. We get a little bit of money, but there's marketing there, you know. And um, I, I get it, you know, recognize it. That's not to say all marketing is bad, though. I, like I said, Seth Godin has helped me see that, um, that it isn't all sleazy. Um, sometimes it's to help you recognize a need that you might have or to or to, to find an answer to a need you might have. Um, so it doesn't have to be that sleazy old you know car salesman type marketing that we maybe think of when we think about marketing. So I think it has a lot of value. It's a great book. And I think homesteaders should definitely read about marketing and understand it. And this is a good starting place. Now, the second book I want to talk about, I actually think it maybe has a little bit more application in homestead business. Uh, and I will take it as far as even if you're promoting, say, your homestead on any social media and you're trying to get followers or you're trying to have a podcast or a YouTube channel or, you know, uh, build a big Instagram following or, you know, be an influencer of any kind in that way. Uh, but again, it goes even deeper into selling your product. If you have a product like courses or a membership or anything like that, this book called Building a Story Brand, Clarify Your Message So Customers Will Listen by Donald Miller. Uh, this book came out in 2017. It's 240 pages. Now, this book covers the what he believes is the seven universal story points all humans respond to, um, the real reason customers make purchases, how to simplify a brand message so people understand it, um, how to create the most effective messaging for websites, brochures, and social media. Uh, he gets into like building a story brand that will forever transform the way you talk about who you are, what you do, and, and the unique value you bring to customers. And 
don't we as humans, don't we just respond better to stories than we do a sale? You know, if somebody just points to something and says, Hey, I got this great thing. Blah, blah, blah. If there's a story behind it, don't we get more moved? Don't we see the value in it better? And, and, you know, I think this book will help you identify your story. I think, you know, I talk to homesteaders on this podcast all the time. And one of the first things I always come out, I'm like, well, tell me your story. Tell me how you got here. Cause I'm so interested in their story. And everybody has a story. Not everybody's great at telling their story. And sometimes your story might come off a little boring because you don't really know how great it is. And I think most people have a great story, a great life story, a great story that led them to their business, a great story that led them to a product, a great story that led them into homesteading, a great story that just has some angle in their life that they can approach other people with. And yes, it's a story brand. You can use that as a marketing tool, but not in a sleazy way. You're just focusing on your story. Um, I have stories in my life and I, yeah, those stories have played a part in this podcast. And, you know, uh, part of my story is my cancer story, right? Uh, part of my story is, is, you know, growing up a homesteader, you know, and then getting away from it, you know, and, and doing some of the things I did. I mean, I have stories, but to say I'm like that sounds really boring, right? But when you get in, you tell the story, when you learn how to tell your story in a way that helps people see the value in your story and it can draw people in. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think, and again, I think most people have a, a great story. I just think a lot of people don't know how to tell their story. Great. And maybe, maybe I don't even know how to tell my story, you know, great, but I think it's something we could all work on, you know, and tell our stories better and really help people see the value and what we have to offer because of maybe the impact it made in our lives and, and the story we have behind that. Um, Every great product out there has a great story behind it. I mean, you will, I don't know, there's podcasts I've listened to about, you know, about a product or about a business and you'll hear the story behind it. And you're like, wow, that was amazing. You know, and I've, I've you know, I've watched YouTube videos like that and big businesses that build up, but they started, you know, some big giant factory that started in a garage or, you know, whatever. I, I mean, let's just look at Apple or something, you know, a couple guys working in a garage, you know, building computers or, you know, but there's a big story behind that. And so you can just find your story and, and people are, are uh, attracted to stories and it's a great marketing tool, but more than that, it's just a great way. I think these two books in combination or to get together because I wanted to say it's a great way to help people recognize the great service or the great product that you have for them because of your story. And a lot of times people will recognize their need or their desire for something because of your story. So I think these two books together, I've read dozens and dozens of great marketing books. These are two that just kind of popped out to me though, that I think would be really, really helpful for, for most homesteaders to, to read, especially if you have a homesteading business. But I think even if you don't, honestly, um, the next books I want to talk about are about family. Now, not everybody has, you know, a spouse and children, but most people are going there if they're not there already. Some folks who are even like grandparents like me, you still have grandchildren and you want to make an impact in their life. I think there's a couple books here. And I think uh, these are a couple books that can, that can help you in your family. Well, one's, you'll see what I mean in a minute. One's a book, one's something else. I'll, I'll kind of point to it here in a second. Um, but, this is going to sound real familiar, but this book that I'm recommending, Seven Habits of Highly Effective 
Families by Stephen R. Covey. Now, we had The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by the same author. This book was written in 1997. It's 400 pages. And he lays out the exact same seven habits, only he applies them to the family. It's not like the same book. Okay, this is a completely different book. Um, like Habit 1, the Be Proactive. Becoming an agent of change in your family. Habit two, beginning with the end uh, in mind, is developing a family mission statement. Habit three, put first things first, which means making family a priority in a turbulent world. Habit four, think win-win, moving from me to we. Okay, here's a family dynamic, right? Habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. This is about uh, solving family problems through communication. Habit six, synergize. This is about building family unity through celebrating differences. And habit seven, sharpen the salt, is about renewing the family spirit through traditions. I love it. Basically, this book will take you from survival, family survival, to stability, to success, to significance. I, I think it's a great book. It's been around a long time. I think the link I have in here is to an updated version. So it's, there's a lot added to it even. Uh, but it originally came out in 1997. But I think, it's re, I think it was redone in like 2020 or something. But again... Um, I actually, now I'll say this. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Because I'm a Christian, there's books on family from a Christian perspective that I actually think are better than this one. But in general, for folks who are Christian and aren't Christians, I think this is a great book. Um, and I think it, all the things in here are, have absolute great application because I know there's a lot of folks that don't hold to my uh, the same beliefs I do um, in Christianity. So, and I get that, you know. And I'm not I'm not trying to like guide you down into a, a your religious you know uh, rabbit hole here um, with books, but this one I think uh, if we're just trying to to have a better family dynamic, this book can do that. Like I said, I think there's in the Christian. Book books. I think there's actually some better books for that, but uh, overall, in general, this is a great book for that. So, and one I highly recommend. Now, this last thing, last books I'm going to mention are um, uh, <laughs> there's four of them, and they're all not really books; they're journals. And it's basically these are a memory and keepsake journals for the family. And it's by Corey Harold. And it's basically dad's story, mom's story, grandpa's story, grandma's story, a memory and keepsake journal for my family. And you buy each one of these individually. And these are kind of like walkthrough journals. They, you answer questions, you write things in them. And these are keepsakes for the family. And I think that is a wonderful idea um, to have your, Grandpa story, grandma story, dad story, mom story. Because I lost my mom about a year and a half ago. Lost my last grandparent shortly after that. Legacy is important. Remembering those who've gone before us is important. Hearing their stories and passing that story on down to further generations is important. 
And I've always known it was important. And now I realize how understated that even was knowing that, um, thinking I knew it. It's so important. And uh, don't wait till they're gone. But even if they are gone and you know their story, you can write it down for your children. But you could go interview them and you could write it down. You can hand it to them. They can fill out the book. Um, these aren't really big books. I, they're maybe 100. I can't remember exact page, 120 or so pages, maybe a little bit more. Um, but they ask you the questions and then they give you a guided tour, basically, on filling this thing out, this journal out, passed out to your family. And I think if you could get it and fill it out for your children, go to your parents and fill it out for your children get their stories or give it to them and let them fill it out. It's a great idea because I think legacy is important. I think it has application in the homestead. Um, but uh, just being able to hand that down to your family. And I think it's a great tool and they're great. They make great books uh, for hand-me-downs. And um, I think it's something that, that the family could benefit from so much. And I, I wish I had these from my mom and my grandparents. I do. So um, that is all the books that I have for us today. That was 12 books covering several topics there. We talked about productivity, money management, life skills, habit changing, marketing, and family. And I think there's some importance there. And some, uh, in closing here, I do want to mention that uh, you can find all the podcasts, tons of great blog posts, lots of other stuff, resources and things at my website, Redemption Permaculture. Dot com. A lot of you guys remember the old days when I was smalltownhomestead.com. Just a little hint. If you type in smalltownhomestead.com, it'll take you to the same place. <laughs> but uh, we had a revamp you know, a few years ago, and now it's Redemption Permaculture. But, uh, yeah, I just did tons of re- hundreds of articles, hundreds of podcasts, lots of other resources there. And I'd love to have you go and check out what's there, browse and learn and you know, leave comments and just be part of the website. I really, I don't mention it enough on this podcast, but it's basically the hub for all those things. Um, appreciate your support of the podcast. Uh, if you want to get more homestead content, uh, get answers to questions, um, uh, get, you know, all kinds of other content like videos and more, more podcasts and, uh, weekly or sometimes biweekly, uh, live streams where I answer questions. Uh, a lot of times Rachel joins me in that we, we will answer questions on a live stream. Um, you know, uh, we have some courses in there. Rachel's working on a canning course right now. That's going to be fantastic. I've seen some of the stuff that she's working on and, and she's doing some great stuff there. So, uh, all that is in our, uh, modern homesteading membership club, which you can get more information about at the website on at the tab there, just click on membership and you can read all about that and see some of the stuff that's in there and it's growing bigger every week. Um, with just more content and things. So, yeah, come be part of that. Uh, I think uh, it's going to turn into something really, really great, and we'd love to have you in there. And, again, that supports this podcast. Um, Folks, homesteading is about so much more than growing food. It's a lifestyle, and I hope some of these books mentioned today can help you in your journey and pursuit of the homesteading life. Uh, And that's all I have for you today, folks. So until next time, happy homesteading, and God bless. around I finally see I think I need a change the rat race I want to flee my world I'll rearrange I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be 
gardens picking fruit Racing livestock living free It's a modern homestead Build a modern homestead A lot of folks don't understand why I wanna live this way They've never eaten from their land like we do here every day Snapping beans like grandma did Sitting on her front porch Hunting and fishing like a kid Once you've done all of your chores It's a modern Today 